And I want to share with you just three questions that I've been sitting with in particular during this season. The first is a really pragmatic logistical one. I've really been asking myself and the board and the staff and the other UUCF leaders, if the only way we can meet in person on Sunday morning until there is a vaccine is wearing masks, um, being six feet apart all the time, sitting at least seven feet apart in the limited capacity that would entail in each room and hallways, being unable to sing because singing is particularly hazardous, doing uh, extensive cleaning of every surface touched, then is staying with Zoom only Sunday services actually preferable to that? And also being aware that being in the same room for extended periods, sharing the same ventilation system increases the risk. So that's my first question. My second is, is moral and ethical. I've been asking myself, you know, what would the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. be saying during this pandemic if he were alive, you know, looking to him for sort of moral and ethical leadership? I would invite you to consider that what MLK would say is what the Reverend Dr. William Barber is saying. And what he is saying is stay in place, stay alive, organize, and don't believe the lies to the extent that staying in place and safer at home is possible for you. The Revitalized Poor People's Campaign, trying to carry on the legacy of Dr. King, please Google Poor People's Campaign later today if you haven't been um, following them. Under Dr. Barber's leadership <clears throat> is urging our nation's leaders to follow the recommendations of public health experts and not risk a resurgence of the virus, which is disproportionately affecting the poor, the uninsured, low-wage laborers, many of them called essential workers, but then not paid as if they were truly essential, and then calling them essential but leaving them with no economic alternative but to return to risky jobs that make them vulnerable to the virus. In Dr. Barber's words, many plans to reopen show no regard for human life. They are prioritizing the profit of the few over the needs of the majority. The final question I'm sitting with is, where is our national mourning and our national grief? More than 88,000 U.S. citizens have died of COVID-19. We are on our way to over 100,000 deaths. Why aren't our flags at half-mast, etc.? For whatever confluence of reasons, as I've sat with this question, the words of the poet um, Adrian Rich keep coming to mind. She wrote, my heart is moved by all I cannot save. So much has been destroyed. I have cast my lot with those who age after age, perversely with no extraordinary power, reconstitute the world. Those words seem especially appropriate on this Sunday when our focus is on high school graduates. If you haven't watched those, uh, either at least one of the two speeches that President Obama um, gave yesterday, I encourage you to Google that and watch them sometime later today. For now, know that I love you all. I look forward to the day we can be together in person. And along with the rest of the UUCF leadership and staff, I am committed to doing everything I can to keep us connected, strong, and growing during this time. The great end in religious instruction is not to stamp our minds upon the young, but to stir up their own. For every person who was raised as part of the Unitarian Universalist congregation or community, I would love to invite you to take a moment to appreciate 
how different this idea about religious instruction is from that of so many other communities of faith. When I was about to graduate from high school, I received an invitation to a multi-faith baccalaureate service held at a church close to my school. The truth of the matter that is that in the town I grew up in 30 years ago, multi-faith meant Catholic, a few flavors of Protestant, and Jewish. It was a time for various priests, ministers, and rabbis to say prayers and give words of inspiration to the year's graduates. There are so many traditions that go along with the milestone of graduation, graduation from any grade, any institution, any degree or certificate program. I wondered what a baccalaureate service would look like for a Unitarian Universalist on the threshold of the next phase of their life. I wondered what a baccalaureate service would look like during a pandemic. We call the event where degrees are conferred a commencement. The act of commencing means beginning. And yet the act of graduation and of recognition feels so caught up in what has gone before. A heavy weight of nostalgia and expectation can be placed on the shoulders of graduates. Baccalaureate during a pandemic means looking forward, stirring up the mind and stirring up the heart. If I must write a blessing for travelers on the threshold of the next stage of their journey right now, I will say, do not burden your own memory with all the shared memories others may lay upon you right now. Your heart is your heart and your mind is your mind. If this faith community has allowed you a chance to touch inward springs, draw upon them now. The world you are about to enter does not look like any world we have known. We do not have the maps. We do not have the keys. We have our hearts and our minds. We are all in the building of the new world together. William Ellery Channing's words that served as our chalice lighting are very much a tradition at this time of year, and they're very good words. But we Unitarian Universalists hold the act of questioning as sacred, and even, perhaps especially, questioning the founders of our faith. And I choose to question not to bind them by ineradicable prejudices to our particular sect or peculiar notion. And particularly, I mean, these peculiar notions. What are the peculiar notions of Unitarian Universalism in the 21st century? Is it peculiar to talk of the worth and dignity of all persons? Is it peculiar to uphold the virtues of justice, equity, and compassion in human relations? Is it peculiar that our faith speaks for climate justice, for racial justice, for economic justice, and that our faith is unafraid to look at the intersections of these injustices? Is it peculiar that we prize democracy, that we value the right of conscience, the formation of global community, and the encouragement of spiritual growth? Is it peculiar that we proclaim again and again that love is love is love? If those are peculiar notions, then I do want to bind our young people to them. I want to bind all our people to them. 
bound together in these notions, these values, is the only way we will build a new world. We're all on a threshold. It is right to pause here. It is right to reflect. It is right to acknowledge history and all the hard work that got each of us to this threshold. It is right to feel fear and uncertainty, to feel disappointment that this time of ritual and honoring accomplishments has been so profoundly changed this year. For all graduates, I mourn with you and celebrate with you. You are on the road to more than you or any of us can imagine. We are all on a long road and there is work to do. Commencing now. The sixth source of our Unitarian Universalist living tradition is the earth-centered traditions. And part of the wisdom we draw from that source is the importance of what is sometimes called seventh generation thinking, considering the impact of our actions even to the seventh generation to follow. Or as this perspective is sometimes phrased, understanding yourself as the midpoint of a seven generation span, such, as, such that ethical decisions should try to honor the wisdom of the three generations that preceded you back to your great grandparents, and to consider the legacy that you are leaving to the three generations that will follow you, even unto perhaps your great grandchildren. Our annual graduate recognition service is an ideal time to consider the ripples that flow from generation to generation. In particular, this morning is a time for honoring high school graduates and one of the most helpful tools for shifting our collective perspective to keep current with this uh, new crop of graduates is the mindset list just released every August to help professors be aware of dated references. The most recent mindset list includes many cultural touchstones that shape the lives of students entering college. For now, I'll share only my top 10. For current college freshmen, keep in mind that for them, there's always been Google. Among those who have never been alive in their lifetimes are Princess Diana, the notorious B.I.G., and Mother Teresa. So those may not be the best references as they are for some of us. Joining these graduates in the world the year they were born are Dolly the Sheep, the first cloned mammal. Since they have been on the planet, Hybrid automobiles have always been mass-produced. They have probably never licked a postage stamp because they've always been peel-off. No means no for them has always been morphing into yes means yes. They have avidly joined Harry Potter, Ron, and Hermione as they built their reading skills, in many cases, through all seven volumes. The, for them, the therapeutic use of marijuana has always been legal in a growing number of American states. Teachers for them have always had to insist that term papers employ sources in addition to those found online. Fifteen nations for them have always been constructing the International Space Station. That's always been part of their present and reality. Splenda has always been a sweetener option in the U.S. for them. Uh, Poland, Hungary, and the Czech Republic have always been members of NATO. And for them, and I think this is particularly relevant with our UU the Vote campaign, for them, vote by mail has always been the official way to vote in Oregon. It's not some newfangled thing. Fiona, 
We have been honored and privileged to accompany you up to this point on your spiritual journey through this life. We, the three plus generations who preceded you, have sought to create with UUCF a theologically liberal religious community that would nurture you in the best sense of that word liberal, open to new ideas, generous, open-handed, open-hearted, open-minded. As you go out into the world, we charge you with living out the UU values you have been taught. Freedom, reason, pluralism, interdependence, siding with love, and building a diverse, beloved community. And we hope that you will pass these values on to the generations to follow you. We look forward to seeing all that you do with your life and know that whether you are near or far, our hearts and our best wishes are always with you. 2020 has sure been a strange year for high school seniors. After seven months of senior normalcy, that is senioritis and anticipation, Friday the 13th struck in March and students were out of school until further notice due to COVID-19. Students and teachers have struggled to transition into online schooling and we still aren't exactly sure what will happen to, with graduation or even the start of college in the fall. Despite current chaos, I've kept a stronghold on the most important quality I've ever learned, and I've learned a lot about that strength through UUCF. That quality is positivity. Even without throwing a pandemic into the mix, high school is and always will be a strange experience. We deal with people and events we never wanted to, but we come out of it a more experienced person and go through important changes because of it. From my experience, it's not what happens to you that changes you, but it's how you handle it. These past two years especially, I've had to deal with some very negative and immature people at school, and for a while I mirrored that negativity as a defense. I always felt disgusted with myself for listening to people around me gossip since I'd had rumors spread about myself. I felt embarrassed to admit that I was letting myself get pulled into negativity since I had always considered myself a positive person. People underestimate how much your surroundings and environment affect your personality and mindset. Positivity and kindness are so undervalued in the teenage world, and I finally had to take a good hard look at myself and who I was surrounding myself with to realize how unhappy I was. Honesty with myself was the first step. That negative experiences are not a valid excuse to become a negative person. With that, I began letting myself breathe. I let myself be more optimistic and genuine, and it brought me closer to happier people who reciprocate my energy as opposed to draining it. I feel lighter not putting as much value into what people think of me, even though I and so many others have spent our whole high school careers doing just that. Due to this novel coronavirus, it is not just a transformative time for high school seniors, but for all of us. We are all stuck at home with our thoughts and not much to do and nowhere to go. We are missing our friends and normal daily activities. However, with all the confusion and chaos during this time, I want to remind you of another important quality I've learned at UUCF, which is gratitude. We all have things to be grateful for, no matter how topsy-turvy our lives may seem in the moment. A home to stay in, food in our pantries, a good book to read, a little brother to mess with, we usually take the smallest things for granted and then in moments like these, we realize that these are things that some people would give anything for right now. 
You and I are allowed to feel stressed and anxious, of course. Who wouldn't? It is completely natural to experience negative feelings in uncertain times. But in the same breath, it is equally important to recognize what we do have. Every night, I've been writing down three things that I'm grateful for, and I've noticed such a change in my mindset. I encourage you to do the same as well if you find yourself feeling down. Gratitude is the gateway to overall positivity. UUCF has been a place of positivity and inclusion for many of us. My family joined this congregation after moving here from Washington, D.C. when I was in seventh grade. I'd never gone to church before, which was intimidating because I didn't know what to expect, but my family and I felt immediately welcomed. The atmosphere was easygoing and youth-friendly, and the people were genuine and kind. My family would joke about how Reverend Carl's sermons were kind of like TED Talks, which I thought was pretty cool. Youth group was especially a place where I enjoyed thoughtful and interesting conversations with a great group of people, most of whom have left for college, but I will always remember those friendships and conversations. I even met Cole in the youth group, and it was in that very building that he asked me to be his girlfriend almost two and a half years ago. Most other churches would probably frown upon that. Since meeting him and so many other amazing people, my church life and school life has always touched in the best possible way. Thanks to them and the values that UUCF teaches, I feel like myself again. Positive, grateful, and ready for whatever comes next.